You are now tuned in to Owen's Exhibit. On this episode, I'm joined by Twandon. He is a recording artist and the owner of the clothing brand Upper Class International. We cover everything from how he got into music to the early stages of his career, some of his notable projects, also a crazy story about how he got stopped at the Canadian border. Then we cover everything from how he formed his team, Upper Class. We also get into his upcoming plans, which includes talks about a new album. Welcome back everybody to Owen's Exhibit. We're here with a special guest. His name is Tuan Zon. Do you want to <laughs> let the listeners know what you do and where you're from? Tuan Don from Jersey, Englewood. Um, musician, designer, and just overall like creative. Great. I'm so glad to have you on the episode today because I feel like you really embody what this podcast is about. Mm-hmm. About entrepreneurship, about being creative, about putting your foot in the door and really making stuff happen. And I want to start out this episode by asking you a few icebreaker questions just to really get to know your personality outside of some of the things that you're doing. So can you let me know, do you like waking up in the morning really early or do you enjoy working hard at night? Yeah, I'm not really a morning person at all, to be honest. Like, even like, for example, I wanted to like start getting up early and start going to the gym but I just can't find myself to do it. If it's about a bag, I get up <clears throat> in the morning, but um, I'm more like night. Like My thoughts run better, my creativity run better at night. Um, like I was just telling them in the car, I was up to like 4.30 in the morning um, last night, but that's just when I get the creative juices flowing a lot more, to be honest, yeah. yeah. What are your yeah. hobbies? My hobbies, designing, working out, um, shit. I don't know if I could count like music and all that as a hobby, but um, I guess it's things like with, more designing, working yeah, out. And shit what like are that. things that you do in your life that don't have a lot of intention to them? You just do them for the enjoyment. That's that's rare, bro. To be honest, because like I think it's something I need to start picking up on and start doing. But like everything I do is like intentional. Like I don't go a day without thinking about the next move when it comes to like clothing or like music. Or, like, even with the gym, like, I just, like, overexert myself. Because, like, anything I feel like I'm going to do, I'm going to, like, just go dumb hard, like, doing it. So, I don't know, hobbies, I don't know, probably biking. I used to be, like, riding my bike a lot, too. That's more, like, on the health side. And just going out. I say going out, like, yeah. Um, I think it's a Terrier. It's in in one of my uh, photo shoots for my last collection. Yeah, it's like a mountain bike and shit. You know how to wheelie? Nah, I don't yeah. know how to wheelie a bike. Nah. <laughs> it's difficult. You got to put a lot of time into it. I'm trying yeah. to learn that too. How about your favorite sauce? My favorite sauce? Probably barbecue sauce. What are you putting it on? <laughs> Fries. Fries. Yeah. yeah. Chick-fil-A shit. Um, yeah. Anything like, like nuggets, like little shit like that. Yeah. yeah. What movie do you wish you had a role in? <laughs> what movie I wish I had a role in? Shit. I don't know. Probably like Wolf of Wall Street or some shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that shit was fire. Yeah. 
What's a phrase or word that you frequently use? Uh, son, a lot. Um, you dig or you get me, like you feel me, like I use that a lot. Um, upper class, I say that a lot. Yeah. What do you think is the best way to listen to music? I think it varies on like the environment, bro. Um, I feel like there's no better time to listen to music than like in the comfort of your own environment. Um, just so you could really like soak it in and really get an idea um, of what you're listening to. Um, but I also think it's the environment. Like if you're in a whip and it's late and you're gonna listen to something that you could just cruise to the crib with. If you're in a party mode and you listen to something that's gonna like get you more like turned up. Or if you're getting dressed, you listen to some fly shit. Um, I think I think the environment. I think it's based on the environment. Yeah. What's your favorite breakfast food? My favorite breakfast food? Probably a bacon, egg, and cheese, salt, pepper, ketchup. I shouldn't even be eating cheese like that. Um, but sometimes I just still like go for it. But probably that, probably, nah, 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 you know what? Nah, like French toast with some turkey bacon and like, like mass syrup on that shit and like two scrambled eggs. Yeah. Facts. Right, I wish I had that this morning, yeah. I ain't gonna front. Next time, yeah. I'll have that ready for you. Yeah, thank up. you. I'll get Liam to chef it up. I guess <laughs> I've kind of, uh, I've forgotten to like tell people how I meet my guests. So this one in particular. Oh, and Belgian, Belgian waffles. Belgian waffles. Yeah, yeah, I like those a lot too. We'll have that next with time. With some like fruit cut. <laughs> yeah, facts. So you're a breakfast person. Yeah, I fuck with breakfast OD. Yeah. Yeah, brunch, but, uh, all that. <clears throat> what I wanted to say was Liam, my new roommate, had the opportunity to connect us mm. and how you guys met was how damn so me and liam's story go like way way back probably like almost a decade to be honest so um my space time so you know he's like he's a graphic designer um and does illustrations and shit like that so my first introduction to him was during like the myspace like times and error and shit like that and he had did um like a graphic on me but I didn't know who did it at the time, and I was just putting it as like my um, profile picture because it was just mad dope. And it was the first time I saw myself as like a cartoon or like as an illustration. So I used to go around my city or my town where I'm from in Englewood, and I used to like sell CDs and shit. And then um, I had went to Ben and Jerry's just to go in there, like not to sell anything, but just to go in there because it's just like, you know, I was just like tired of walking around and shit. And Liam was in there, like he's working there. And then um, he was like, oh shit, like, I know you from like doing music and shit like that. And he had told me that it was him that did that illustration that I was using as like my profile pic and shit. So I gave him like a free CD as like an appreciation or whatever the case may be. And then um, I think like three or four years go by and then he hit me on Facebook. And he was like, yo, if you ever need anybody to shoot videos, like, you know, I could be that guy. But I didn't need anybody at the time to do like videos. I just needed more like graphic work. And then um, we started getting like close because of that. And then eventually, like, you know, we'll meet up at like a local Starbucks and everything like that. Cause I was super like skeptical, like having people come into the crib or like people knowing where I live at and shit. So we'll meet up at like Starbucks and all that shit. And then we eventually, eventually just got mad cool throughout time. And then um, he ended up just doing like everything for me, bro. I'm talking about for the clothes, for the music, flyers, like, even like the artists at the time that I was with upper class, he'd take care of their shit too. 
Um, it just became like my overall brother, like my dog. Like, so we got like a eight, nine year uh, relationship, but started from MySpace and then he reached out again on Facebook and then like fast forward time, like now we're here. Like he yeah. single-handedly has been taking care of mad shit yeah. for me. I mean, you touched on a lot of stuff in that story that we're going to get into later. The fact that you show appreciation for your supporters and then how you have upper class where you have a bunch of artists. So we're definitely going to dive into that stuff later. Mm -hmm. I kind of got us off topic because I want to finish this uh, icebreaker section. So let's finish it with going back to being unhealthy, eating some like those crazy foods in the morning. What's something that you do to support your health? Something that I do to support my health? I'm definitely in the gym crazy, probably like five or six days a week. Um, I'm trying to eat cleaner, like for sure, for sure. I still be eating some bullshit here and there, but um, I definitely am trying to eat a lot cleaner. And um, just overall staying active. You know what? It's not even only about like physical health. Like I think it's mental too. You know what I'm saying? Like um, like my mental health, I, um, I'm trying to take a lot more care of and be more delicate with. Um, so if it's anything from like, I used to do like hot yoga, um, that helped a lot or just like having time to myself. Like I'm trying to get better at carving out time to simply just like focus on like Twan. That's why you stumped me with the hobby thing is because I really don't be having like hobbies like that. I'm always just kind of like, I got to get shit done, got to get shit done. But that's a little unhealthy at the same time. Like not knowing how to just like chill out and relax a little bit. So, um, I say spiritual, heavy on prayer. Um, um, my mom, my family, just heavy on like believing in God and like putting that, putting God first, um, and counting my blessings. So I think it's all around. I think it's spiritual. I think it's uh, mental and physical. So just yeah. just staying like punctual with all three. Yeah, that's a good balance. And last question I have is, what do you want an endless supply of? What I want an endless supply of. I sound kind of capitalistic if I said money, but I say like good health and blessings and then money. Yeah. That's a good answer. <laughs> All right. We're going to get into the other questions. I guess I want to start off by asking, what are the things that you do? Um, what you mean? Like, so you're a music artist, in obviously. Career-wise? Yeah, career-wise. Oh, um, yeah, so musician first, um, and then um, fashion came like second. But the thing is, is like I always, I always been fresh. Like I always was in the clothes, but um, music just gave me like a voice. You dig? So like I was able to express myself um, and kind of just tell my story, or, or or tell the people around me like tell their story too, who wasn't able to like kind of get their shit off. So. I say those two are the like biggest thing, biggest things that I'm like 50-50 with and that I'm juggling. So yeah, music first and then like um, designer and just like overall creative. Yeah. I read a little bit about how you got into music, being that your yeah. mom was a promoter. So <laughs> tell me, how did that transpire? How did you really gain this connection to music? And when did you start taking music seriously? So the connection came from my mom's, as you read. I feel like I'm slouching. The connection came from my mom's, as you read, and um, she used to work with like like older artists, so like Redman, Method Man, Lil John, Cash Money, um, who else? Like Sugar Hill Gang. Like she went all the way, all the way back. Um, Fab. Like I got pictures with like Fab as a kid, all that shit. 
So it's just from being around her. She used to run around and do like a lot of party promoting and shit like that, or like concerts and everything like that. And she used to really keep me close. Like when I wasn't in school, um, I'd be around her in the summertime, like doing a lot of that shit. So I think that's what sparked it. Um, just being in that environment, I'm a true believer that a lot of things do start from your youth. So like the more you're around something, the more you might end up like adopting it. And then I say, I always, I always was taking music seriously. It was just that like, um, I didn't feel like it really started picking up for me up until probably like 2015-ish, like 2014, somewhere around there. But I was doing music for a minute, like since a kid. But I, I want to say around 2014, 2015 is when I found like that Tuan Don sound and style and like how I wanted to like perceive myself to like the general public. Yeah. So, yeah. And in 2014, 2015, what were some of the things that you were doing? You were putting out singles. You were just really making we beats. Was, what were you doing? Nah, so the, um, I tried making beats, but I ain't got the patience mm -hmm. to make beats, to be honest. But 2014, 2015, we was heavy on, like, projects. Like, so my first big, big project was Stay Golden. Um, that's what's, like, tattooed on my wrist. And um, it was executive produced by Smoke Dizza. So when he got behind it, so I met Dizza at a concert um, that was in Jersey. Um, and then I met him again at another concert in uh, New York. And then um, through Peso, we had a mutual friend, Peso, shout out to Peso. And he connected us. So Dizzo was on some like big bro shit, like put me under his wing. So everything that like at that time was, I was running around with him at Cinematic. Um, I was running around with him at like Shade 45, like the radio stations. He had me around like Rosenberg from Hot 97. So Dizzo really kind of like helped break the mold um, a little bit in that time, like in that 2014, 2015, like period. And then Stay Golden is what like kicked off like the new Tuan Don sound. And I just started like running with that. Yeah, you mentioned Stay Golden. That's an EP you produced. I read something about how you... Was that the first project that you released? No, that's the first, like... That's, like, the first, like, I want to say, like, popular, like, big project. Yeah. I had way more music out um, prior to that. Because, like, I was, I was, like, getting my shit off, like, from where I'm from. Like, I was, like, dropping, like, consistently. So I had mad... The, my first ever project, bro, was a project called Where's My Crown? Like, it was, like, 20 fucking 11 or some shit. But as in, like, the the one that set it off, like, yeah. my rebrand, it was Stay Golden, for okay. sure. Yeah. And then I read something about how you dropped a project and you didn't think it was received how you wanted it to be received. And this was before um, you dropped your sophomore album, um... I have the name right here. What's, what's your sophomore album? It's Paradise uh, Isn't Free. Yeah, yeah Paradise Isn't okay. Free. So that first project that you dropped, what do you think, why did you uh, not think it was received how you wanted it I'm to be received? I'm trying to think which one that was, because it wasn't Stay Golden. Stay Golden did super good. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. Where'd you read that at? It was in one of the articles. I guess we can go to when's a time that you had really a high expectations or that you were like kind of let down by uh, the response and how did you respond to that? Um, project wise, like music, anything, anything, life, life. Yeah. Okay, we getting deep. <laughs> uh, 
Shit, I mean, I had expectations of singles before that I thought would do very well. Because here's the thing, like, when you're creating anything, like, whether it's a song or, like, a collection or anything like that, like, you always going to feel like it's the best. Like, this might be your best interview. This is my opinion, right? But when people watch it, or they could perceive it a whole nother way. You dig what I'm saying? So I used to get like that with certain singles that I really felt in my heart was like, yo, this going to be the one. Or like an EP where I'm like, yo, this going to be the one. But then when you put it out, it's like people going to gravitate towards what they like. You dig what I'm saying? Like, it's not even about you no more once it's in the public. So, excuse me. We had a few like collections like that, like a few clothing drops like that. Um, like I said, I had a series of singles that I'm just like, oh, I thought this might hit a little bit more. And then it's ones that you don't think is going to like do much or have much traction that ends up going like crazy. Like I got this song called like Don't Be Sorry. And like I rushed the cover and everything. Like I just snatched a photo that was on my phone, put a parental advisory sign on it and like messed with the opacity or something like that on um, Photoshop and just put it out. And then my man's was like, yo, we ain't do no right planning behind it, this, that, whatever. I'm like, yo, I just think it's a hard-ass record. And then we just put it out, and that shit went crazy. Like, it went crazy. So I feel like at this point where I'm at now, I try not to even set no expectations. I try to just, like, create good shit and just give it to the world and how people perceive it. Like, they yeah. perceive it. Yeah. I want to go back to your team, Upper Class, and also just kind of the people that have helped you along the way because... Yeah. From my perspective, I'm also trying to build a team and I'm having like a really challenging time with it. So how mm -hmm. would you say you've approached building your team and how did it even like um, initially start? Man. Damn, bro. So uh yo G, get Mouth. Tell Mouth to come in here right quick. I'm sorry. Cause no, like good. this is uh it's an intimate, it's a real important like little story time right here. Alright, so I want to go back to the topic of building out a team, upper class, and also just the creative team that you bring around you because with the position that I'm in, I'm really looking to build a team, but I'm having a difficult time to doing it. So yeah. how would you say you've gone about approaching building your team? Alright, so check it, right? Everything with upper class, like, it was like stages of it. So the first, first inception like of upper class it was called upper class kids that's when i was in middle school and it was only about like getting fresh like you only could be down if you got fresh that was like the entry to the shit so after that like um <clears throat> we used to just be running around or just some like get fly shit got best dress in middle school all that shit right so after i started taking um music a little bit more serious and all of that i switched it to like entertainment like upper class entertainment like, just to give it a more, like, professional, like, polishing on it or whatever the case may be. So, everything with the brand, and it's the thing I be trying to tell people now is because, like, they try to force their team, right? They try to, like, um, like, like how you saying, like, have a problem with it. Instead of, like, just doing the work and then it's going to come to you. I'm grateful that, you know, I had people, friends first, who just, like, believed in what I was doing heavily and shit like that. And then we all, like, found a role and shit like that, right? So, um... I won't name off anybody because then I feel like I might leave people out um, when I just start like naming people off and shit like that. But I feel like what helped me was just doing the work, like whether I had to do it by myself for a little bit and then eventually you start meeting people and you're gonna go through like phases. Remember I just told the story about like how when Liam reached out to me the second time, I didn't need a videographer. That's because we already had a videographer on deck. 
but I was like, yo, we could work in another capacity, whatever the case may be. So I think it's just about doing the work and then eventually like the people will start gravitating towards you and you just gotta make sure these individuals are really like for the cause. So me and Malk right here, Malk Boogie, we used to be in the same class together. Like this shit like run deep, like he got it tatted on his, on his arm, all that shit. Like, I just posted my boy the other day who had passed away, it was on his arm. I got it on my stomach. Like, my boy Derek got it on his arm. Tyler got it on his wrist. Another Tyler got it inside his arm. You would think it's like some cult shit, but you well, feel me? Guys. Yeah. <laughs> so like, it really run deep and it's deeper than rap. But um, me and him got cool in high school. We was in the same class. And then um, he found a position. I started doing like team parties and all that shit. I told you like how me and Liam got cool, bumping into him at Ben and Jerry's and shit, gave him a free CD. Always respected and always fucked with what I was doing. That's how we started like getting cool and shit and working together. G was trying to fuck with me for so long and I just kept putting him off like, yo, yeah, we'll shoot, we'll shoot, we'll shoot. And then like as time went on, he just stayed persistent and we stayed in contact. Now this is like my go-to photographer, videographer, everything. My engineer, Brandon, same thing. See, my, my problem when I was younger, I was real like standoffish with shit. So like even my engineer right now, Brandon Plan B, who like does all my projects, was kind of like, yo, we gotta work, we gotta work. And I'd be like, yo, I don't need like none of that service right now type of shit. But I feel like the persistent, the way that people are so consistent and persistent with me is what led me to having like, like really firm people with the brand is because they just showed that like, y'all fuck with your shit, I believe in what you're doing, and like we could really create some type of like magic behind like everything. So, bro, it's been about like a decade to really find like consistent people who believe in like what I'm doing. The benefit I had was just starting young. You feel me? So like I skip past mad shit versus like now where it's like I'm trying to scramble and find like committed people. So everybody now grew with the brand. Everybody now know what the statement is and what we're trying to get across with it. And everybody now is in a position where they're really taking the craft super serious and they had time to polish up on like their craft and shit like that. So I think it's going to come with the consistency. It's going to come with the hard work and not to sound like too cliche and shit like that. It's going to come with putting yourself out there and being open to letting people like want to fuck with your shit. Because we all treat this shit like it's our, our baby. You know what I'm saying? Like You're going to treat the podcast like it's your baby. So you're going to be real um, you know, meticulous on who you have like around your shit. But you got to trust that they know what they're doing and that they really for the cause and shit yeah. like that. You dig what I'm saying? Yeah. But these are my guys deeper than rap. Like It goes like... Deeper than clothing, all that shit. Like, it goes, like, they've been in my crib. They know my moms. My moms know them, all type of shit. We were just talking about we wrestling, drunk as hell in the back, like, putting it. But these are, like, my guys. We had studios together. Yeah, we traveled, went on tours together, all type of shit. Cali, fucking Canada. Um, They ripped, fucked his bag up at the, at the Canada border. All the type of shit, bro. So, like... Yeah, interrogation room. What happened in Canada? So, <laughs> yeah, this shit went from like some inspirational shit to some real shit. So, in Canada, G, make sure you get this. Shout out to Canada, though. I love Canada now with all my heart, with most of my heart. So, <laughs> so the first time I went to Canada to do like a small tour, it was probably like, it was like two shows in one day, and then the next day was another show, some shit like that. So, um, 
we all going up there excited as fuck. My boy driving up there, Malik, or whatever the case may be, eight hour drive, just straight, like just straight to Canada, from Jersey to Canada. So um, it's me, it's Liam, and my boy, and we get to the border. And, um, you know, it's our first time there. And, um, you know, as Americans, I think Canada in general is just really strict. So they do the whole random, like, check the car thing. So we had to pull the car to the side. Um, and then we had to get out and sit in this little, like, I don't even know what to call that shit, like a little lobby or whatever the case may be. And it was running all our passports. So I don't know if I should even say this on the mic. No, you can say it. All right. So, li- funny. All right. <laughs> so it's me, my boy, and my boy got his do-rag on, all that shit, whatever the case may be. And we like, damn, we like, we about to get into some shit. Cause like, why they just want to randomly check us, right? And not to like, you know, whatever, it's funny. But it's two black dudes and Liam. So we thinking we gonna get in some shit. They be like, Liam Eisenberg. And they called him over. So I'm like, oh, what the fuck Liam into? That we like we ain't know about or some shit like that. So I think they pulled like all our records up and shit like that. And Liam has some on his record, whatever. I won't say what, but Liam has some on his record. And they just questioned him, like, did you do this? Did you do that? Whatever. But I think they was looking at it while questioning him to see if he was going to front or not. And he kept it 100, and they let us rock. But when we got back in the whip, like, our shit was fucked up, bro. Like, the suitcases, shit, clothes was just tossed all over shit. Whatever was in the trunk got, like, fucked up. They was just throwing shit around. I think they was trying to, like, find some shit. And, like, <clears throat> it was nothing in there to find. So that happened. And then when we coming back to America, we get to the border, we give them our shit. Niggas say, yo, y'all got any guns in the car? We like, nah. Niggas say, all right, y'all good. Like, that was it, bro. Like, they just want to know we had some guns in the whip or some shit. But the Canada shit was like a great ass experience outside. I mean, that was whatever. But um, the actual like shows and the actual like environment, we had a fucking ball, bro. I'm just saying, like, moments, moments like that. Yeah, 100%. Because I did not know that shit about him. You mm-hmm. dig? Yeah. So they could have sent that ass right back to Jersey and I would have been hot. <laughs> you got a criminal in the car with you and he didn't know? <laughs> so, like, shit like that bring us closer and just those experiences and those moments, like, we'd be able to, like, talk back and share. We was all supposed to go out there post-COVID. Like, the whole team was supposed to go out there for more shows, like, but um, COVID had happened. I was still down to go. I was with the shits, like, nah, we still good, or whatever, but everybody else, everybody else is like, nah, they gonna close the borders. If we went and they closed the borders, it, it would have been, it would have been bad. Yeah, yeah, we probably, not, not now, but we definitely probably would have been out there for at least another year, you know, because they wasn't letting nobody out. Nobody in, nobody out. Canada wasn't playing no shit, yeah. yeah. So, that was a little, like, story. No, I love that. One thing I want to ask you is, you're talking about touring, you're talking about going to different countries, you know, having these audiences. One question I stay persistent asking is like, what do you want audiences to experience from your work? I want them to, um, like, I really want them to see how much time, effort, and energy go behind everything. Like, even when I got shows, I'm rehearsing my ass off. Like, I'm on cue, I'm on point, I'm punctual with everything. Even with the clothes and the designs, like the rollouts, the marketing, the campaigns, the models that I use, the designs that I choose, the storytelling that I try. Like, there's a lot of, like, everything makes sense. Like, I'm not, I'm not doing anything just randomly, you know? So I want them to always appreciate and always, like, um, you know, know that whenever it's musical clothes and whenever I'm presenting something, 
that, like my all, like went into it, like a thousand percent. Yeah. Yeah. And would you say you want people to be, you know, more open to your story? Do you want people to be more motivated? What is the the true kind of like motivation for putting out this work? Do you just want to entertain people? What's the um purpose? The purpose. Mm. The purpose is like really showing that it could be done on any level. Like, like I feel like whenever someone get into like music or fashion or anything, like they feel like they gotta be the next like big thing, right? And that's good. Like you should aspire to be the greatest at what you do. But like something I take pride in is showing that like, yo, as long as you like believe in your craft and like you're really passionate that and you're inconsistent with it because I feel like consistency like and like hard work beats anything like you dig what I'm saying um that it could be done but it got to be done on like your level of like success like you got to determine that like you want to be the next hove you want to be the next like Virgil or whoever the case may be like what's your level of success but I feel like people don't go into it with that like everybody going to it like yo I got to get a billion dollars a billion dollars of course but, like, at the same time, there's so many variables that got to align and so many stars that got to align for you to, like, put yourself in a position. So you could, like, manifest shit all day. Yeah, that's cool. But if you ain't really, like, putting yourself in a position or trying to get certain stars to align that's going to get you to that next level, I'm going I'm to keep it a thousand. It ain't going to work, bro. Like, that's just some real shit. Like, it's not going to work. Like, niggas could write a thousand songs or niggas could do a thousand designs. But if you ain't putting it out there in the proper channels or in the proper way, it's just going to fall on deaf ears. And I don't give a fuck how dope you are or how good you are with shit. Like, if you ain't aligning yourself with the right people to put you in a position to win or the right team to, bro, that shit just, you just going to be like a keyboard warrior or like a motherfucking like basement warrior. Like, this shit is just going to be like on SoundCloud getting 40-something, 50-something plays and shit like that. And then you thinking that, like, you dropping, 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 that people should attract themselves to it. But it's so much different things that go into really getting some shit out there. You dig? And yeah. I think that's, like, the big part that people got to, like, really do the homework on. The music shit, the designer shit, the writing and recording, that's, like, 10, 15% of the shit. You dig? So, like, it's, like, you really, really got to... Uh, kind of put more into like the creative side of like how you putting a product out and if it's a good product it's like the streets if it's a good product then you know the customer gonna keep coming back and shit yeah consumer and how do you measure your success or like what is success to you i measure success by i want to say like uh it got to be some consistent growth I feel like that's all my like hustle been, all my grind has been. It's like it's been consistent growth. Um, if you just doing the same shit and getting the same results, to me, I mean that's cool, but that's like you you falling for complacency and like you falling from being like content and shit. Like I feel like as long as you keep trying to elevate whatever you're doing, whether it's graphic designing, whether it's like videography, podcast and shit like that, like that's how you keep creating different levels of success. Like, success to me is when you're really able to, like, eat off your craft. You dig? Like, when you could really, like, pay a bill off your craft, when you could really go out, don't have to worry about shit like that off your craft, when you could get fresh, buy shit off your craft, invest off your craft, like, um, you know, 
open doors for other people. I feel like when you're in a position that you could give other people a layup, like if Mal hit me now talking about, like, oh, Twan, I want to like start X, Y, and Z. If I got the resources for that, I feel like that's a level of success because I could snap my finger and make some shit happen for my mans. Yeah. You dig? So like, for example, like my sister in a fashion, right? And she about to be 18 and shit. So when she got out, when she get out of college, I want to have upper class set up great enough that when she graduate, that she could just call her brother and be like, is there an opening for me? Like, that's, like, success to me. They, like, fly shit like that. So I think you got to just, like, create your own version of that. Like, two years from now, when I come back and do an interview for you, I don't want it to be, like, here. Like, I want you to have your own little spot, your own little studio. Um, motherfuckers got to, you know, yo, I'm here for Owen. Oh, give him two seconds. You know what I mean? Shit like that. Like, that's what I want you on, you know, because that's, like, consistent growth. And you my man's. Like, if you, if you lean your man, you're my man's now. You dig what I'm saying? Thank you. So, um, whatever I could do to help and shit like that, too. But same thing with Liam. Like, I seen Liam, like, grow. Pause. I seen Liam. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, I, it just came out. Pause. <laughs> but I seen Liam grow, like, to where he at now. And that shit, like, warmed my heart. Like, that's my, because that's my man's man's. And we, like, grew a lot together. Even with G. Like, the way G shoot videos now versus when I first, first saw them. Nigga steady working on his craft. And to me, that's like success because as long as you keep getting better and better. Like, my man's Mount Boogie. Like, I know what his aspirations are and I know what he want to do. And I feel like if I'm there and I'm able to help him, then like that's success to me because like I'm able to get my people like, that's close to me like a layup. He did. Yeah. No, I love that version of success. The fact that you've been able to build this community and also have these resources to be able to make things happen, make you know, give people these opportunities to really shine and prove themselves and not have to worry about like, oh, where's this next paycheck coming from? But really feeling stable and really feeling like you can take risks and also just like reward people that have uh, been in your corner. And what are some things, what are some resources you're still looking to get? I mean, do you think you have the everything that you need to be successful? Nah, not for where I want to take things. I feel like I still need I still need a lot of shit. Um, I got to shout out uh, Mike too, uh, Mike De Blasio, who does like PR for me on the music side. Um, but I still need a ton of resources. Like, like I so I give you an example, right? So like music, I've been like nurturing a lot more than fashion, and I look at them like babies. You dig what I'm saying? So I feel like me trying to break into fashion, it's like. Um, it's, it's, it's like, I right, so I'm, I'm building like a, a, a healthy community, like with upper class, like, you know what I'm saying? Like the people who support what I do with the clothing side, like it's, it's beautiful. Like the clothing sell out within like a week, every time. Um, and you know, we got billboards, all that shit. We got press, everything. But I just feel like the resources and fashion is just a little bit tougher because, um, you know, it's more like a, it's, it's a little bit more controlled, you know what I'm saying? Like, like music, you could break in because, like, it's not, at this point, it's not too many, like, more, like, gatekeepers. Like, there's still, like, gatekeepers in fashion. Like, there's still people who could prevent you to reach a certain levels. And um, I'm learning, like, the, the vocabulary and I'm learning, like, the vernacular of how to deal with people in fashion. Um, because people treat fashion, we were talking about some street shit, People treat fashion on some real street shit. Like when it comes to like plugs and everything like that, like nobody really share resources. 
in fashion like that. You dig what I'm saying? So I feel like that's something I'm really, really trying to like break the barrier down. And I'm not going to go on no houseway rant with you on some kind of shit. But like, it's sometimes it is a little more like difficult and tough um, with that because even with fashion, it's just so much easier for people to like, um, like copy you and jack your style and like, there's no real protection when it comes to like designing and shit like that versus music, how it's copyrights and everything like that. And like certain things is dated a little bit more better to where people can't like, you know, um, steal from you is easy. You get, people could steal from you in any field, but it's just the level of like, uh, how can I say? Like the, the level of it is different versus music and fashion. So that's like a challenge that I'm facing um, right now with, with shit. Yeah. Trying to get access to uh, to resources and fashion. In that world, yeah. yeah. Definitely not an easy thing to navigate. <clears throat> and how did you even, what makes you want to keep designing clothes? Is it the fact that you want to be able to connect with your audience better, like on multiple levels beyond just putting out these digital uh, yeah. audio and stuff I like that? I feel like it's another form of expression for me. Like I said, I always like getting fresh. I always was in the clothes. I was just like being like clean. I do believe in like your fir- like first impression. You dig? So like, you know, you meet somebody for the first time, they gonna look from the bottom and then up, like what shoes you're wearing and you know how you put yourself together, whatever the case may be. So I think it's another form of expression. And then um I just feel like um like I'm using a different part of my brain when pause, when I'm like um creating and when I'm like designing shit. You know, like I get to get a little bit more imaginative. Like I'm into like, um, like what I got into more is just like using more colors, um, using more like in-depth styles of doing like embroidery or like direct the garment or screen print and stuff like that. Um, so it's just it's just another challenge for me. Like just you know how creative and how like out there I could be when it comes to like designing. And then I bring everything um, to Liam who actually does the digital side of it. So everything is just coming from, like, you know, my brain and everything like that. And he's actually, like, bringing it to life. And then, you know, we get everything done in Jersey to where it's, like, actually being sold and, like, you know, to the public and shit like that. Yeah. I know you talked about rebranding yourself and putting out, you know, that uh, that first EP and really trying to, like, focus on a direction. So how would yeah. you say you find direction? Like, what... What are you looking for and like what are you looking to maybe put out there that aligns with the direction that you're going in? Um, it took me a minute. We were just laughing about it in a car because I was like, yo, a lot of shit that people doing now, I was kind of like doing that shit a little earlier, like in my career and shit, like the Jersey Club sound and shit. Um, even the way <laughs> they laughing because they know, like, bro, I was, I was like, on that shit. Even, like, the way, like, motherfuckers are dressing and shit. Like, I was been wearing, like, like you know, skinny jeans and, like, fitted shit. And, like, I colored my hair at one point on some weird shit. And, I like, everybody started doing the same shit. And then, you know, it took me some time to find, like, you know, who I am now with, like, the music shit and just, like, anything as a whole. But, um... I don't know, when it comes to direction, I feel like I finally, like, you know, it's, it took trial and error, but like, right now, I got the formula. And all I gotta do is stay consistent with the formula, and then the right people and the right audience keep attracting 
to me. And then before we know it, Upper Class would be a six, seven figure, eight figure brand. I just can't veer off track. Like I know everything I gotta do right now and I know there's no rush to do it. And eventually I'm gonna execute everything I gotta execute and get it to where I wanna be. So I feel like I'm not finding direction a little bit. I mean, when it comes to like inspiration, I'm always inspired by like, you know, my environment. Um, if that would if you know, if that would answer the question in the sense of direction. But I feel like I really found a formula and a direction. I wanna take the brand already and I just gotta stick with that shit right there. Yeah. And I won't lose. Yeah. I mean, that's incredible that you're finding this support and this atmosphere that really guides you to where you want to go. And I remember reading in some of the articles out there about you, the fact that there's some people out there that you admire. One person in particular is like Nipsey Hussle. I feel like Nipsey Hussle. Nipsey yeah. Hussle. Yeah. I feel like that's somebody that I definitely can see kind of your story aligning with the fact that Thank you, bro. this clothing brand and this, Rest in peace, this message, too. yeah, this message that you're trying to promote, uh, what, what do you admire about him or who is somebody that you admire and what do you really like see in them that you want to be able to see in yourself? I think with Nip, what I admired is just like everything I'm mentioning now is the way he juggled both music and clothing and just investing into himself and like really making it bigger than just rap and really making it bigger than music. Like really being a person that, you know, people found accessible. Like you could you could go see him, you could go touch him, you could go have this conversation with him, and um he was always approachable, and that's something I wanted to start getting better with too, because like I told you, like when I was younger, I was a bit like more standoffish, but um I just love how he became like a man of the people, and how like he really just gave back to his community, cause like down the line that's something I see myself doing for my town and for my city too. So that was like the like like some of the big things that I took from that, um from well from him, and inspiration. I say, honestly, bro, like, um, anyone that kind of, you know, any, anybody who kind of just give off that same message, man, just, like, making it, like, bigger than rap and making it bigger than music and really just, like, what you going to be remembered for when it's all said and done. Like I said, like, you could write a thousand songs. You could do a thousand different drops and, you know, collections of lines, but, like, what are people gonna really say about you, you know, when you put that shit aside? Like, you know, were you a good person? Like, were you easy to work with? Were you a dickhead? Like, was you an asshole? Like, what are people really gonna say about you when it's all said and done? And then uh, what lives did you change, like, while you was here type shit? Or, or at least try to change, for the most part. Yeah, I think this is a great segue <clears throat> into the next question, which is, what do you wanna be known for? Um, just like legacy, bro. Like when it's all said and done, I just want like people to know that Twan did everything in his power to not only change like his life, but like everyone around him as well. And then that, you know, Twan left off like a very important like blueprint to follow. Like, like I said, like I want to be able to be more accessible and be more like, um, someone for the people. So like, in a sense of like, yo, if he could do it or if he did it, like, I could do this shit too. And it may sound like, you know, mad basic or cliche, but that's real shit. It's just that some people become so inaccessible that you just feel like they're too far out of reach. Like, you, they kind of make it feel like you can never reach that level. But um, I feel like the way I want to take shit and the way I'm going to take shit is that, like, motherfuckers always know, like, how you just brought up Nip, that, like, I feel like my name would be in certain conversations too when it comes to, like, people who pioneered certain shit and laid, like, a blueprint out on how to really execute shit. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's wonderful. Are there any projects that you have planned right now? What do you have in the works right now? What do you want to see happen in the future? So I am almost done with this album. I'm not going to say the name because I feel like if I say it, then I don't know. I feel like either somebody going to steal the shit or it might just start popping up somewhere. But I'm going to do a listening session. You're invited. Everybody in here invited. So um, <laughs> so um, that's going to be like close to probably like to fall or winter type shit. Um, it's all going to be mixed and mastered by Plan B, Brandon. Um, I'm probably going to go down there to Atlanta to record it. Um, um, so, yeah, and then obviously we're going to keep dropping shit with the clothes. Last collection went crazy that we dropped. Like the um, summer drop went insane, sold out in less than a week. And then um, it just started lining shit for 2024. To be honest, I already know how I'm going to finish the rest of the year out. And then... Um, Soon as January first, twenty twenty four start, we just gonna like get into the program. So definitely a project dropping, more clothes, and then we just gonna keep doing like a lot more fly shit as a whole. Yeah. Well, we've definitely kind of rounded out the questions, but I got like one more question since you were kind of talking about all this stuff that you have planned. It's in the morning when you wake up, you know, how do you find or what do you try to do to like figure out what you're gonna do for that day, you know? Like how do you I set your intentions? I got a to-do list, bro. Yeah. Damn, G got my phone. Um, I got a to-do list, bro. I write a to-do list the night before on like what I need to get done the day, like the next day. And I just start checking shit off throughout the day. That shit has helped me immensely because sometimes I just be like, shit just like skip my, like I just forget to do shit. But yeah, I did just follow a to-do list on my phone. And um, I don't know, every day I wake up, I say, we gotta get to this bread. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. That's it. I mean, that's definitely really helpful for me. That's something that I do, but I we gotta get to this. I bread. did the, I did the day push ups in, bro. Push ups. Yeah, bread. yeah, yeah. We All gotta right. put that pain in, bro. You did, cause that shit is meant to. I'm telling you, bro. That shit get your mind right. And like, I wish I been started. My man's Liam work out together. All that shit. He been trying to get me get my shit right, but that shit is like so much clarity bro and just like you feel so good after then you take a shower eat and you really feel like you could conquer the day like, i feel like i could run for mayor my nigga after I, like you get a good workout in type yeah. shit you did yeah yeah so you really kind of like left off talking about something that's really a valuable lesson and a valuable thing to follow you know waking up having direction for the day are there any that's other pointers you want to leave people with what's a message that you have for somebody wanting to do something similar to what you've been doing mm -hmm. or just someone trying to get their uh, their life started and really trying to find purpose? I say um, don't be afraid to invest in yourself in all avenues, the time, the money, people. Like, don't be afraid to put the bread up. Don't be afraid to lose the bread. Um, I know it's easier said than done because everybody's situation is different, but... Surround yourself around really like-minded people. Um, understand that it's going to be days that you say, like, fuck this shit, because I still had those days. But once you invested so much, you find yourself being in too deep that you force yourself to be like, yo, <laughs> it got to work. You dig what I'm saying? And when you're so passionate about something, like, that's how I feel. Like, yo, it has to work, like, and it's going to work. So I say don't be afraid to invest in yourself. Surround yourself around good people. Keep the passion and um, and and find, you know what, too, what's really important, because this shit be knocking people off a track. 
we get so fucked up with social media that we start comparing ourselves to so many different people and shit. You dig? But if you just find your lane, bro, I'm telling you, anybody, I'm looking at the camera on this one, on niggas. Find your lane and really find your audience and you won't lose, bro. It's people out here is getting money. It's people out here who's really living off their craft and you couldn't point them out in the street. I feel like people want to go, you know, to get the name, the face, the fame so much, they forget about what's really important. Find your lane with this shit. Find your lane with this podcast. G found his lane with video. Like, just find your lane. Even, like, I told Liam the other day, he sent me some. I said, yo, you know what the dope shit is about your art now? That if I didn't know you and I started seeing that shit consistently somewhere, I'd be like, oh, that's Liam shit. Yeah. Because it just gives off a certain, like, uh, like he just found his own thing with this shit. Like, a certain identity, I should say. So, I feel like once you get that, like, someone sent me a message on IG saying, like, y'all saw another brand by in your design style. You're on the right page. But to me, it's just like every great brand or every great entrepreneur, every great just like platform found a demo and found a lane and they just stuck to that shit. It's when you start trying to be too many things at once that it's not going to work for you. And like I said, that's just the real. Like, don't try to do too much shit. Don't try to cater to everybody. Just find your lane, dog, and stay in that lane and then get that chicken and you're going to be good. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely could not have said that better and I feel like there's really nothing else I can say to leave off this podcast because I think you've pretty much said it all. This so was a I really this is fast. It. I wanted to keep going, pause. Like, but this was a fast podcast, bro. You was asking good shit. Thank you. Like really good shit. Yeah, yeah. And you did your homework. What I said in the car, I was like, I hope he did his homework. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I appreciate it. I appreciate everybody for being here. Jay, Malk, Liam. Yeah. Everybody. So thank you so much. Ray, look, he forgot yeah. for a second. <laughs> I mean, I, no, I didn't want to. I didn't know if you were mentioning everybody's name. <coughs> Is there anybody else you want to shout out? Um, I don't want to pick people off because then if I forget, niggas going to get tight. So just everybody involved with upper class, um, everybody who ever like shared, purchased, word of mouth, liked, comment on anything that I've ever done. Shout out to them. Shout out to Mom Dukes, Mama Twan Don. And, um, you know, just, yeah. And shout out to me. Shit. Yeah. Shout out to myself. Yo, I'm out you. here doing great shit. All right. And, and you, bro. Thank you. Shout out I don't, to Owen. I don't want to leave this out. Uh, I'll definitely have it in the episode notes. So how can people connect with you? What's the Instagram? What's, you know, Spotify? Everything, What's that? Everything is upper class Twan on socials. And then it's Twan Dawn on like IG. I mean, on uh, Spotify, Apple Spotify. Music and all that shit. Yeah. All right. Everybody go check them out. And definitely all the great stuff coming from him. And then um, upperclassinternational.com, but INTL. So upperclassintl.com for the um, clothes and the apparel and shit like that. Yeah, I'll have that link. So everybody go check them out and show him some love and support. Thank you so much. Got you, bro. Yeah. Anytime. Yes, sir. Two years, different office, different platform, all that shit. That's the vision. Right? Let's go. Yeah.